When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome on back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 226. Today is September 6th, and the Yankees are on a two-game winning streak. Today's game got rained out, so we pushed the episode from yesterday over to today. Sorry we didn't get an episode in on Thursday slash Friday when we release it usually, but we were all traveling, and we gave the Yankees a little bit of a, a, little bit of a, a timeout because they've been sucking very badly, and it's not fun to watch, nor is it fun to talk about, so... Here we are, Yankees on a two-game win streak. Aaron Judge is still the only one carrying this team outside of DJ LeMahieu to an extent. Um, but how are we doing, fellas? Did you say outside of DJ LeMahieu? DJ and him are the only offense, is what I'm saying. DJ has been absent for a month, but I'm fine. Well, I'm just talking um, about... Uh, there's a graphic that I was going to pull up about the WRC+, Plus, which I thought was I thought was fun since August 4th. Pretty sure Okay. Either way. Oh wait, 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 wait. No, never mind. Never mind. No, 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 no. Yeah, DJ's is, DJ's is bad. Never mind. Sorry, Judge. I was gonna say. Um, no, <laughs> I, I read the graphic wrong. Question, I knew though. it was only Judge, but okay. Excuse me. I'll yeah. I'll cut that part out. <laughs> no, I'm fine. I uh, had a fantastic Sunday, as I imagine a lot of you know Tallahassee natives slash Florida natives did. But other than it's, you know what, it's refreshing to watch something that's not the Yankees. Same. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm fully. I, Murph is right now wearing his his Jets jersey, so I'm sure he'll be soon in that camp of the of wishing the season away pretty soon. But actually, I think I'm not a Jets fan, but I think the Jets are going to be a lot better than they usually are this year. So I'll, I'll let you speak to that, Murph. But yeah. I'm I'm very excited for football. I got a fantasy draft tonight. Murph is a fantasy draft tonight. Uh, one of like four fantasy teams that I have this year. Didn't plan that, but. Uh, turning the page to football for sure. The Yankees have been sucking, and uh, they're going to continue to suck. But Definitely not turning the page. This is the part of the year where I pretend I'm turning the page and then see if the Yankees try to win me back by winning some games. Yeah, it's less of the turning the page. It's it's literally, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's me getting ready for heartbreak again, but trying to psych myself out to make it seem like I don't actually care. But in reality, I do care. And once it gets closer to October, then I'm going to be ready to have my heart broken once again. At least this time, you know, had we been playing amazing all throughout the year, like we were in the first half of the year, if we continue to do that up until the end of the season and then they lost in the postseason, then I'd be really, I'd be really pissed off. But I think, uh, I think we're all expecting that this team, obviously, if they keep playing like this, they're not going to win any series against any team unless. It ends up being the Twins somehow. They sneak their way in because that seems to be the only team that we could beat. Um, although Gary hit a 475-foot nuke against us. That was, so that was ridiculous. But yeah, I, I don't see this team making uh, any waves in the playoffs. And 
I mean, I guess we could start there. Do you, do you think there's an actual genuine chance that this team misses the playoffs? Because we are right now, yes. we have we have a five game lead in the division over the Rays. That Rays series obviously was a big one, and it didn't seem like it in terms of making the skit, making the 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 lineup cards. We'll get into that a lot more. Um, I mean, bringing up young guys and not starting them—that's another thing we'll get back into. But it's just everybody outside of Judge right now. This team can't beat anyone in the series. So, and that's dude. There's a legitimate chance they miss the playoffs. Look at this lineup yesterday, and factor this into yesterday. Stanton got hurt. Rizzo is now on the IL. DJ wasn't going to play tonight, and he probably won't play tomorrow. But I mean, you have IKF. I know he hit a home run, and LeCastro and Marwin Gonzalez, and somehow we won, and Marwin got his first hit in 70 days. But Home run, right? Yeah, but I mean, you've got Donaldson consistently Marwin and IKF hitting, hit home runs that game. Yeah, but you have Donaldson Just as you drew it up. You have Donaldson consistently hitting in the three or four hole on a team you expect to win series. Get the fuck out of here, man. No, this team isn't doing anything. And that leads me to what I was going to say when you were talking about October and stuff. I'm trying to look at this team through a different lens. And I think I'm going to start doing that going forward, especially after reading this stuff with Aaron Judge and everything like that. While the ownership is buying soccer teams and shit. I, you know what? <laughs> I, the, the Yankees are what they are. And until Hal Steinbrenner sells the team or fucking. If something happens or he dies fucking All this right. is what it is i'm not rooting for him to die i'm just saying this <laughs> is what the this is what the team is <laughs> gonna be for the next i just wanted 30. to clarify that to anybody listening that well, we're not, well, no we're well, not rooting the point for is death not, out here no the point is he's not gonna sell the team that's all i'm getting at right. and now, you know what this is what we need to accept uh because it's not changing it hasn't changed and 12, 13 years. This is the team we're going to get year in and year out. And I think there's going to be some drastic changes next year because I don't think Judge is coming back. And I think the more we lose and the better he does, the less likely that makes it. I think that they've accepted making the playoffs. And I think that it's time after 12 years of expecting them to go out and sign a marquee free agent outside of Garrett Cole or to go make a splash trade. It's I, I think those days are gone. That ship has sailed. This is, I mean, the bottom line is this is a poorly run team, and they don't give a shit. They really, they do not give a shit. That's the bottom line. If they don't give a shit, like obviously I care, and I'm going to be very upset and probably stare at a wall for like five hours when they get eliminated inevitably. But you know what? I've kind of tempered my expectations and realized that this team, their goal is to make the playoffs, and that's not changing. There's this that's that is the status quo. It's been that for 12, 13 years, and it's going to be that until there's a cataclysmic change in the front office. So there's just my two cents. That's kind of what it hit me this weekend, mainly when I was sitting there and you have Peraza just rotting on the fucking bench or when he does play, he's playing out of position. It's just stupid shit. It's like they're not even trying to mask it. No, you you mentioned a good thing there, too, because, I mean, they bring up Peraza. Let's start there, because they bring up Peraza. Everybody's excited. And we put out the tweet, and sorry we couldn't get an episode out earlier to address this, but now we're talking about it a week later. But we put out the tweet that, you know, the Yankees are going to shock the world after announcing that they're going to bring up their number two prospect in baseball. The only one above him is Anthony Volpe, who just got corresponding moved to AAA, and he's now tearing it up. You bring him up, and... We we were joking when we tweeted this. We said that we we're gonna bring, the Yankees are gonna shock the world with their lineup tomorrow. So roll, rolling out IKF again 
after bringing up one of the more young, exciting prospects in baseball. That happened, and he, again, is now playing out of position, not getting consistent at-bats. He's had six at-bats, and anybody who wants to point to his, his stats in those six at-bats needs to just not watch baseball anymore because they clearly aren't. One. Look at his first one. Pinch hitting the guy down 9-0 in the trop. What the fuck are you doing? They're literally treating him like he's some middling prospect that just kind of failed and they needed to fill a roster spot. That's how they're treating right. him under their top prospects. And That's also, disgusting. and also, Sorry to interrupt you, but no, 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 you're right. And also, like, I, I saw this tweet from John Boy, actually, and he said, you know, everything that made total sense. Peraza has played 10 games in his life at second base. They're playing him at second base. IKF won a gold glove at third. They could have moved him to third. Donaldson's struggling at third. Swap him out easily. There's an easy solution here, and they're just not taking the easy answers here. Like, Peraza should be playing shortstop. IKF, say what you want about him. He lucked his way into another home run there. He's terrible, and he boots every ball. And if he's going to play a position, at least play him where you want to go glove. And like there, there are the writing is on the wall for the decisions that you can make. And this is the only thing. Like I haven't been one of those people who have been out for Boone's job or anything right now. But I mean that there is some clear decisions that need to happen. I don't know if it's him that is not allowed to make the decision or not. But some these are the right answer is right in front of you and they're not doing it. And it just, what, what was the point of even calling him up? You're going to use him as a, as a super utility guy well, and pinch hit him and all that stuff. It's just ridiculous. That's the thing is look at how other teams handle their top prospects that are coming up. They're coming up. They're playing every day at their position. They're coming up to fill a spot, fill a role. And Peraza's coming up as a utility guy, like you just said, and so did Cabrera. And Cabrera played that role really well, but that wasn't what we needed Peraza for. You watch like Gunnar Henderson just came up with the Orioles tearing the cover off the ball. And he's playing shortstop. And, you know, all these other guys that have come up, they're playing. They, they go into the role that they've been groomed for. And then you come up and you're going to toss them into pinch hit situations, play them at second base. When IKF's out there punting the ball at shortstop, I don't know why he's the one guy that we're insisting on keeping at that one position when everybody else has been bumped all over the place. Right. And they're, all, they're always and they're, that they're wrong. Right. And they're always worried about, you know, is it too early to bring up a prospect in football, baseball, every sport? They want to rush somebody. And yet. When they do bring them up, they put them in an uncomfortable position. We've seen that with Clark Schmidt time and time again. It's like, give him like actual start. Don't bring him into a shitty situation where he has bases loaded and he has to try to figure his way out of a jam. Like, if you want to groom these prospects and put them in a position to be successful, don't put them out of position. Don't put them in a pinch hit spot. Give them a clean slate. Let them play. Otherwise, don't bring them up. It makes no sense to bring them up. And they both would have played today. That's, that's what I'm saying. This is the status quo with this organization now, and they're fine with it. Clark Schmidt last year or 2020, excuse me. He made his major league debut. Everybody was so fucking excited for it. He had never thrown as a reliever in his entire career. They bring him in bases loaded. Nobody out in the middle of a division race. What the fuck are you doing? Terrible. That's terrible. It is fucking terrible. It makes no sense. And it doesn't take a fucking baseball genius to see it. It's not us sitting here like, oh my God, we're smarter than the front office. That doesn't, when you have your radio announcers, when you have, People inside the industry, writers, Yankee writers, people that have long-standing relationships with the Yankees where their career is literally dictated with what they say day in and day out about the team, criticizing every move you make, look in the fucking mirror. Did you see, Did you see? speaking of radio and long-standing people with the Yankees, did you see what Susan said about IKF or relating to IKF? Yeah. Susan was getting just 
taking kicking ass and taking names on the on the air. She said some really <laughs> she was like angry with the world, I think. But the one thing she did say that I heard and everybody quote tweeted and everything on Twitter and stuff like that. She said, Does IKF know that every time he makes a mistake, the kids standing to his left is one step closer to taking his job? And I thought that was so funny. And it's it's it's, it's interesting and it's refreshing to hear that we're not the only angry Yankee fans sitting here. Even Susan Waldman, a person who wouldn't hurt a fly and is just like the seemingly the nicest person in the world, is even saying that too. It's just like everybody's She's saying, saying it about it. her employer. Exactly. Everybody's saying it. Everybody's seeing it. And I'm glad we're not the only ones. And I know we're not, but it's just like everybody but the people within those walls of the Yankees seemingly are the ones that it's just, it's nuts. It's like, it's this isn't some crazy hot take by us, which is why I'm so adamant about it because a lot of the shit we say, like, yeah, it could be right, could be wrong, it is what it is. That's our fucking job. We talk about baseball, we talk about the Yankees, we make opinions, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. This isn't a matter of that. This is fact. It is fact that if you bring up a guy in an uncomfortable position that he's never done before and expect him to just come out here and provide a spark or whatever you want. It's not going to work more often than not, probably nine times out of 10. I mean, you may get your unicorn out there. That's just a fucking stud future hall of famer, but like it, it, the decisions they make aren't about winning. That's the bottom line. They do not care. Brian Cashman does not care about winning. He cares about being the smartest man in the room and how Steinbrenner say what you want. I think he's he, the decisions he's made on how to run this team are disgusting. The fact that he's voting to lower the luxury tax because he can't fork over a $24 million bill for the amount of money that the Yankees make. They're worth almost $8 billion and he can't fork that over to make his team better, but he can go buy a soccer team. That tells you all you need to know. But at the end of the day, he gave Brian Cashman $260 million to build a team and you can't win games. You're scoring zero, one run a game, night in and night out with $260 million. That look, again, look in the fucking mirror, man. That is bad. That and is the, bad, Those bad, two bad. things, those two things are the reason why I, I, at this point, and I've been optimistic throughout this entire season that Judge would come back, but those two things, like you said, the $260 million payroll that the Yankees were, or the Hal gave um, Cashman to go get, and nothing happened out of it. And then also, I mean, just his unwillingness, his, his, his cheapness throughout this entire season and his vote to go and lo- lower the luxury tax, all that stuff. Judge isn't coming back, and I don't think anybody with a rational mind thinks that because the, I cannot see them. He's going to take, he's not taking a hometown discount. He's going to take the most money from the team that gives him the most money, and that's it. It's going to be north of $300 million. It's going to be eight years, and I don't think we're going to give it to him. And if they can't build a World Series contending team around him at his absolute With best, him, yeah. Which he is right now, what makes you think that coming back to New York is going to get him a World Series? If they're not going to do it now, what, why are they going to do it Right, now? and he's, he's at his lowest value right now. So it's that much harder now if you go out and sign him to a $300 million deal. Obviously, we have a judge-sized hole. He's our entire offense, but... At that point, if Judge leaves, you have to scrap the whole thing and start over because it, when it, Judge leaves, when Judge leaves, you have to scrap the whole thing and start over with these young guys because. And I'm glad we didn't trade away all of these guys like Peraza and everything because they're going to be our future. If when Judge does leave, because like you just said, Murph, how much is he making this year? Seventeen. Seventeen million. He's going to be making a large amount more than that, and for a large amount more years at some other team. If he came back, we are now 
at a deficit compared to where we are now in terms of what you can do to build around Aaron Judge. So if you can't win now with the amount of extra dollars you have to spend to surround him, uh, there's no way you can you with a larger a contract. Rebuild? If he's gone, I think you you kind of have to. Have ever really gone into a no, it's always like a half rebuild, and you you sign some names for some fanfare and and sell tickets and to scrape by and make the playoffs. But that's going to be what it's going to be. I don't I don't think it's a rebuild. I think it's going to be they're going to lean into the whole like oh let's be the baby bombers again and like that was fun, wasn't it? It worked last time, and then. When did it really work last time? Because we didn't win a World Series. We came close, and that was fun. That was enough to sell tickets and keep everybody interested. But I don't know. I think it. I think we're on the brink of a pretty big, like organizational collapse. Personally, I mean, and that may sound dramatic, but if you go through and you finish up this actually like historic collapse of losing this division which is very much in play and i would say more likely than not at this point i i think we're and judge leaves and you lose sevy and you lose all these cornerstones you lose your baby bombers you lose yeah i mean you lose the best player you've had since Derek jeter and you miss they're gonna get eliminated in the lds that's gone. That is almost a foregone conclusion at this point. You can't win an ALDS scoring zero one run a game. Let me ask you this. I, I think I think this. Or the, let me finish real quick. I think this organization's on the brink of being a total dumpster fire. It's bad right now, but you're able to mask it because there's enough talent. There's enough superstardom between guys like Garrett Cole. Say what you want, he's a superstar. You got guys like Aaron Judge, superstar. There's enough of that to go around to mask the massive, massive holes in this game. You have a couple guys that can carry you through games. Once those guys are gone, i.e. Aaron Judge, we're going to see some pretty dark days ahead for this franchise, I believe. So along that, and I think I know your answer to this, what do you think happens first? The Yankees miss the playoffs or make it to the World Series? Win a pennant. Miss the playoffs. You think, like, bona fide, including this year, yeah, I mean, you that's can pull an together easy question. a lot in a month going into October. I think that it's not. I'm not ready to write it off completely yet because you, know, you can have some guys come back from injury. You can click a little bit and you can go to the playoffs hot. There's still time to do that. I don't necessarily think that's gonna happen. I don't have. I don't have a lot of faith. I mean, they haven't you really, scored. You really genuinely think that they will miss the playoffs? I mean, look, a world look at they're going to miss playoffs August, next year. Since August fourth, these are the WRC plus numbers that I was mentioning before. Like, this is your entire offense, and you don't need me to tell you this to to know that their offense has been so bad because they've been scoring zero to one run a game. But Aaron Judge one ninety nine WRC plus since August fourth. LeMahieu thirty two, Cabrera fifty five, Stanton twenty five, Donaldson actually has a cool ninety, uh, IKF sixty three, Hicks forty three, and Higgy twelve. Like, that isn't that's that's a big enough sample size. It's a month of data, and yeah, they could. There is a world where they could turn around, but they haven't been playing well for three months now. So, well, it's <laughs> honestly not just incredible that months. Donaldson has a ninety, though. <laughs> it's not even those three months. It's all of twenty twenty one. It's the back half of twenty twenty. The only good stretch we've had in the last three years now. Three years, we've had one truly dominant stretch, and it was the first half of this year when the hitters didn't have spring training or a full spring training. That is our only dominant stretch of baseball, sustained stretch of baseball in three years. Why? Why do you think we're going to win? We're not. Murph, I, I'm not saying you guys in general. Murph, yeah. I'm saying where is any optimism around this, where the direction that this franchise is going? Like, I, and like I said, not you guys, but just 
in the Yankee fandom and the Yankee world, how what do you see when you look at this team and the way it's run and the day to day games that makes you feel optimistic about the direction they're going? You can't and right and now, Murph nothing, to but, but to, to pile on around when things are going well very quickly. You right, put us but on a two three week stretch, and we're talking about how the World Series is back on. That's I, all. I don't think you are because now you pair that with the injury news that we have with Andrew Benatendi going down for hope, what hopefully he comes back, but it doesn't look good for him. And then you also have Rizzo going to the IL now. Obviously, you, you kind of yeah, like when one goes up, one goes down. Stanton and DJ are are dealing with something, and then you know Sevy's coming back, and Bader is apparently coming back too. Like we're kind of just it's always been this way. Like one goes down, the other comes up and I, I feel like we're losing more than we're gaining here with Sevy and Bader coming back. But it, there's, there's no way you could be optimistic when you're playing bad and you're also losing players. It's not even like we're playing good and like, Ooh, the injury bugs getting us again. Like they're, they're playing bad and they're getting worse, but no, I, I, the injury bug is full blown. I know, but I'm, my, my point started. is you can't blame it on that. Like where we were playing bad with everybody there and now we're also getting fucked by the injury bug. So where is the optimism? <laughs> We're getting hit from both sides no, yeah, here. I'm just saying that the optimism is that we change so fast from the world is ending to we're the best in baseball. And there's enough time. All I'm saying is that there is enough time. That's because they're a be streaky team by nature. And right. And I know, Rella, no offense, especially you are very quick to be high on them when they're doing well. And very quick to be low on them when they're doing terribly. And they are doing horrible. And I, right I, I don't, whatever. There, but I, Every I think. Yankees fans like that. No, I'm not even. That's just But I don't think that's. It's not even necessarily like we truly believe that. That's just part of being a sports fan in general. I like agree. if we go out and we win the next 14 in a row. I mean, fuck, last year we won 13 in a row. And we all know, like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that that 2021 team was flawed to its core. It's I mean, fuck, it's the same team we're running out this year with. I would say addition, but the subtractions of Geo and adding IKF, if you want to call that as an ad, and Josh Donaldson, who are fucking abysmal, both of them. The left side of Aaron Field's a joke. Like we, after that thirteen-game stretch, though, the point the point I'm trying to make is that you know the three of us and Damon, rest his soul, he's not with us today. Um, we, we're sitting there talking about how the Yankees can go on a run and catch fire and win the World Series. But we all know deep down that that team, when we got eliminated from the wild card, we were all down for a day. But was the first thing we said when we hopped back on here was, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. Look at this fucking team. Like, no yeah. shit. Look at the look at the lineup we rolled out last year. We had Andrew fucking Velasquez starting a do or die playoff game. And it's going to be more of the same of that this year. This, we're looking at this. Look at the lineup right that now. was rolled out well, yesterday. That's what I'm saying. Two but we're looking ago. at the injury list right now. And we're like, oh well, Rizzo's coming back, and Stan's coming back, and DJ's coming back. And we're like, no, they're not. Like some of them will come back, but you're inevitably going to suffer more. And even if you don't, these guys aren't producing. That's the bottom line. Is your core, if you want to call it that, right now of aging stars, they don't produce. And that's not a knock on DJ or a knock on Rizzo. Because I think both of them have played huge parts, and I don't think either of them are done. Like their careers aren't over; they're still good players. But look at the Dodgers, man! Look at the teams that are true contenders. They're not thirty-five-year-olds who are hitting two twenty and you know, lucking into home run streaks. They're complete teams with younger guys entering their prime, and they're complemented with veterans. They're not just riddled with guys that are auto outs. 
Yeah, and could could any team could any team get hot? Yeah, any team could get hot, but like that's the luck aspect of baseball, and that's all we really have left is like we could we get lucky and get hot. It's like anybody could win one out of a a hundred games, but like it just nine nine times out of ten we are not gonna get hot. There is a chance, but we're just it's I don't know it's just not gonna happen. So. I'm not going to get my hopes up, and and I am looking forward to football. I am looking forward to a playoff series because I don't think we're going to miss the playoffs. The playoff series is probably going to end up in a loss, but October baseball is fun, and we can look forward to that and at least hear just uh, – I'm excited for one series. It's still going to be fun. I'm going to get – The 161 awards. The 161 awards were a lot of fun. So, So boy, are they going to be heated this year. Yeah. That's what I'm not ready to do. I'm not ready to write it off completely. I'm not writing it off. I, we, no, I don't I think we're going to miss the playoffs. I think we're going to make it. I think we're going to lose to whoever it is in the first round because you're not going to win a series only scoring one run. Um, my question to you is if we do miss the playoffs, which I, even if we we can lose the division and still make the playoffs, there's three teams that make the wild card, and we're 10 games over the last. Who are we up? The Blue Jays are the last team in the wild card. I'm looking right now, but something like that. Blue Jays, yeah. I, I don't think there's... Reds, Mariners, or Rays, Mariners, Blue Jays. I don't know. I, I don't think we're going to miss the playoffs completely, um, but there, there's definitely a chance. There's like 27 games left, um, and I know that number because I'm counting how, how many games left Judge has to hit 62 home runs, which I very much think he can do, and we'll pivot to that more fun things in a second because we'll enjoy the last few games that Judge is a Yankee for. But if we do miss the playoffs... What do you think? And I know this question's been tossed around Twitter. What is a bigger collapse, the 2004 LCS or losing a 17 game lead and missing the playoffs? Losing a 17 game lead. Those are two different answers. Murph, that's three games. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know. It's like, three games against the team that won against... the World Series. You were now up 3-0 on Boston and blew that. There's documentaries about it. It's the pride of Boston, and then they turned around and won like four or five after that. That's because they won the World Series. If the if the Red Sox went on and got fucking swept, there wouldn't be documentaries about it. There'd be one that's like, hey, they look, Boston did something Bambino, cool. That, that was a big collapse. They, it, on the it was more like of a curse of the Bambino. They came back from 3-0 against the Yankees. It was more of, yeah, but that's what it is. It's not, you're looking at it from purely a, the two teams that did it. Take the names out of the equation. Is blowing a 3-0 playoff lead worse than collapsing and losing 17 games in the division? No. I'm looking at I it through that. I'm looking at it through that scope. Is take the, take the name away from the team and look at what's going on here. I think we having, lost, a, so think we lost this. eleven if, games last month if we in had, the division. Yeah, imagine we are in a we're up three zero. So imagine we blow the seventeen game lead, miss the playoffs, or we make the playoffs and then we go blow a three zero lead to Houston in the ALCS. Which one's worse? Blow. I think it's blowing the three zero lead to Houston in the ALCS. Right, because if, if you win if you win one hundred and ten games and then you don't do anything in the playoffs, I think that's what everybody says. Like if you don't win the last game of the season, then it doesn't matter. I'm a little bit siding with Murphy here, and I think you do have to count the 
two teams in that because that's what put it into the history books and that's what makes it hurt more is because it's against the Red Sox. It was in the playoffs, which is a bigger collapse. Which I, but I think that adds to the the shock value and how much it makes it a bigger collapse is because it's in the history books because it was a three zero series against the Red Sox. I don't think anybody's ever done either, especially against the biggest rival in sports. I think that all plays into it. I think what is more terrible and what is more unlikely to happen, I think the 17-game lead is very much more unlikely to drop. And I think if you're going to weigh the two out statistically, what was less likely to happen, I think that from that perspective, this 17-game lead, if we miss the playoffs, that would be a bigger collapse. But I think all the other stuff. In MLB history to come back from 3-0 was that year. The only team ever. History of baseball. You know how many records there are in baseball and how many times that could have and maybe should have happened, but it didn't? That was How many teams have blown a 17-game lead in two months? It's been done. Boston did it. They did 11 in a month, which we did last month. Right. So we did 11 in a half. Point is, (laughs) we beat them in that. It's very close, so I'm not going to be that passionate about it because they're both historic collapses, but... I'm just not even like I'm not passionate about trying to be negative about this team. It's just as I start talking about it more and more, it's just so fucking aggravating because they have the they have every resource you could ever want. All it takes is one competent person with authority and this whole ship is righted and everything's good. There's not. As it sits, going into this season, this team needed work. They needed there were holes to fill, but they were very easily filled holes. It's not like we're missing a talented roster and we are we are not lacking depth in the minors. If you gave this team over to I'm not even gonna say Steve Cohen, if you gave it over to <clears throat> any GM who doesn't have to be the smartest guy ever all the time. And you gave it to an owner who cared about winning and not ticket sales. This team would be a perennial world series contender because you go out and you get a shortstop and then you figure out what to do with Volpe and stuff, or you push your chips in and you go get a Luis Castillo or you go get an ACE or a top starter and you don't settle for your number two guy. That's what this team is. The entire team is people who they settled for. And that goes all the way down the list. Everybody outside of judge is someone they settled for. Damn near, other than Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge. DJ LeMayhew. I love DJ. They settled. That was the year, the first year they brought in DJ. And granted, he almost won back to back MVPs. Yeah, I'm was... not complaining. I'm just saying that this is, it's more of a look on their mentality, not his ability. Right. They, Everything was option B because option A was too option expensive. Option B, C, or D. Yeah, right. And, and this offseason, you're seeing the ripple effects of it now because the obvious choices were a Correa a Seager, and obviously they didn't a go after a Rodon. They didn't go after those big guys. Those big guys are playing pretty well. Like They could have helped this team, and you're seeing that you can't just get by with that second option. And it's... Pablo Lopez. I just feel like every single move we make is the second option. It is. That, that was the except point except for Garrett, Except wasn't. for Garrett Cole. I don't yeah. remember... I mean, because look, look at what Frankie Montas is. He's, like you mentioned, Castillo. Push your chips in for him. Frankie Montas is the plan B. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll use that as a segue to bring up Frankie Montas looked pretty good last time. And I'm hoping that he continues to be that guy, but he's he's not as good as Castillo. And that is just another example of them being pussies. I don't, like, I don't know. Like, they're not two, three starters. They're not pussies. They don't care. 
that's the thing. They don't. They do not care. That is the just clear. I just cut think they they line. think they genuinely think that they could get by by doing the plan B, just because they can make potentially more of them. And I, I don't know. Maybe there's a world where we get Castillo, we get a big name in the offseason, we don't do as many ancillary moves like a Ben Attendee, uh, a big guy in the offseason, Bader, Aaron Judge. Yeah. Um, they care more about what the perception of the common fan is than how the team does. Because if the common fan comes in and they look and it takes five minutes of Googling, not people that sit here and talk about it religiously like we do, where we're talking about it on air for other people to listen to. And we're talking it at the bar together. The casual fan looks and like, Oh shit. The Yankees are in first place. They have this cool ass guy named Aaron judge. He's pretty tall hits balls far. And I don't know much about minor league baseball, but apparently they got some studs that are down there too. Like, fuck I'm in. Right. If you looked at this right now, like let's say fast forward, let's say everything here stays, stays still until October. If you saw like, oh, wow, oh, shit, the Yankees are four games up. They're leading the division. And if you told me that, too, if you told me at the beginning of the season, like, hey, the Yankees are would win the division by four games, Aaron Judge would break the home run record, I'd be like, damn, what a good season. Let's go get number 28. Let's go win a World Series. But that is just not the case. And if you it, – it's, it's crazy how different the narrative actually is from how it looks on paper. And that's all they care about is what it looks on paper because that's what sells yeah. tickets. Because and when you look at the history books, the stats will show, wow, Aaron Judge won an MVP. And we'll get into that conversation in a second. I really think he will be, but we'll talk about that. But on paper, this season was a success to the people upstairs. And that's all that matters. But to every single person who watched them or had to suffer through and bleed through their eyeballs, and it's just, it's not that way. And it's... I don't know. I don't know. Do so you want to get into the Aaron Judge MVP conversation? Because I, I have some opinions on that. And I know Chandler has some differing opinions. I'm not sure where you stand on that, Murph. But I guess we'll I, start. We'll start. Oh, I, let, me, let me start with the. Can I preface this real quick? Because you make it sound like my opinion is different than yours. My opinion is spot on with yours. My, it's just a matter of what I think will happen, a matter of what should happen. So carry on. I was just going to start it. And yes, that's, that's fair. But I was going to start it with Ben Verlander, who is a known idiot and only has a job because his brother plays baseball um he said Shohei Otani and he created this whole uh Twitter debate but this has been something we've been talking about for a while now it's because no matter what we actually said this on the air we said even if Aaron Judge hits 62 home runs breaks the home run record is there a world where Shohei Otani still wins the MVP and we, we all, I think, across the board said that I think that is still the case. I think Otani would win the MVP because he's that big of a unicorn, what he's doing for both sides of the plate. But then you look at all the ancillary stats and actually how much Judge is blowing everybody out of the water in every single statistical category except the fact that he doesn't pitch. And when you look at the war difference in, in Judge alone that doesn't even pitch versus Otani pitching... And I get it. Otani DHs, and I guess he's getting nicked for that because he doesn't gain war from playing defense, which is the same that Judge doesn't gain war from pitching. I, I think those two cancel out. So that argument is what Verlander's main argument was. It makes no fucking sense. So I, I think there's a world. I mean, I, war is what is based off the MVP. And if you don't want to use war, we'll use every other fucking number because Aaron Judge has fucking 54 home runs on September 6th. And he probably would have had 55 tonight if they played a game, but it got rained out. So he's hitting one every night. He has, I mean, that stat that Murph sent me 
which was ridiculous, by the way, is that you could take away any of these groups of Aaron Judge home runs this season. His home runs in Yankee losses, his home runs off lefties, his home runs in months that start with the letter A, that's August and April for those that don't know, his home runs in innings 2, 4, 6, and 8, his home runs on Saturdays and Sundays, and he still would lead the majors, including Shohei Otani, in home runs. It's just ridiculous. Do you see the one where if you take away either all of his home or all of his away, he would still be in the top 10 in home runs in, in, in either league? No, I didn't see that. But he's, he's like that's basically he's, cutting his games leading. in half. If it, you took away his, what was it, his away games? Was that, wasn't that the first one or no? No. Either way, here's my biggest thing about that. While we're talking about the home run record, you could make the argument that Roger Maris 61 is the home is run the home record. Run record. I, I, think, I think that is true. Every single other person who broke that record was on steroids. Sammy Sosa three times, Mark McGuire twice, and Barry Bonds once. All on steroids. All I don't, in the late nineties, early two thousands. I just like that. I don't even care about that, really. And yeah, but you because it's going. To, here's what's going to happen: is it's going to be just like the Hall of Fame, and there's going to be people that are like, "Oh, well, Barry Bonds' record doesn't count," and everything like that. It does. Like at the end of the day, it happened. It's just there's going to be two separate categories when it's talked about, and it, that's fine. I don't care if he if he goes on and he breaks it. It's going to be like, well. You know, and it's just going to be a debate that goes on for the next hundred years. Which, cool, fine. That's that's you fine. know what. That's all. More I want. power to baseball. I, I want that there gives, to be. Yeah, I want there to be. It will be because he. There will be the people, like you said, on the other side of things, and I. I don't care. I like the steroid era. It was fun. It re-energized baseball in a time where it was potentially going to go by the wayside. So, it was all great. It's come out of a lockout for those that don't know that, but it's it's great, and I, I like it. I do think there is. If you juiced up Aaron Judge, he would hit more than they did. That's just kind oh, of no, he totally. Well, so that's that's that a fact. So talking about an MVP, and you're talking about something that nobody's done before, and that's why Shohei Otani gets this MVP craze because he's doing it from both sides. Right, he's the most creative. But you're setting a precedent now, where if you give Shohei Otani the MVP over Aaron Judge, who in a lot of people's mind theoretically broke the home run record and hit right. almost 300 while doing it. If you can't beat him with that, how are you going to ever be able to beat Otani as long as he's gone? If somebody wins a triple crown, are they going to lose to Otani? Like, yes, that's what I'm scared so then, of. Is because there's no point if Aaron Judge doesn't win. By the way, what I was saying before is I'm on your guys' side. I'm just skeptical because we've seen it before. I mean, Aaron Judge beat Jose Altuve in every single offensive record. And he wasn't even close. Like Altuve won it pretty handedly, and I mean, sure for it, but it's true. When you look at the Rookie of the Year race, Miguel Andujar had a better season than Shohei Otani. Otani was hurt. He had a four plus ERA. He wasn't hitting great, but he did both, and he won it the minute the minute they heard that there was a two way player coming here that was going to play every day. He won that award. All he had to do was he wasn't even healthy. He had Tommy John after that season. Like, he missed half of his starts on the mound, and he still won it. And fucking uh, Andahar went out there and broke, what was it, Joe DiMaggio's doubles record and Ricky Mano's doubles record as a rookie? Like, this is a guy that actually did go out, and he set records. He set records on the most historic franchise in pro sports. I, I'm saying that it's true. They are up there as the most historic franchises in pro sports. And he didn't even come close. That's why, that's why I'm worried. Uh, but should Judge win it? Absolutely. I don't care if he breaks or not. Aaron Judge should win that award. 
Uh, I mean, the fact that he took over, show me another center fielder in history that's putting up numbers like this. There's not one. Like, he's a fucking. Otani's a unicorn, so is Judge. There's not six, seven, three hundred dollar or three fucking three hundred three hundred pound center fielders out there hitting sixty bombs. Like that's no. Who's that doesn't, also they don't hitting three oh two on the year? Like it's exactly in a in a in a game where hitting for average is lost. Like he's doing all these things way better than everybody else, and it, it's just it's and playing Gold Glove defense to. To I mean, and, and I guess now the fact that he's playing gold glove defense is the argument that Ben Verlander is making is that Shohei Otani is penalized for war because he's a DH and and that judge is gaining war from playing gold glove defense. But on the flip side, I think in my eyes, these two things cancel out because Shohei Otani DHs, but he pitches. And the argument that Aaron Judge is getting nicked for not pitching is completely canceled out for the fact that he gets defense for playing gold glove caliber defense. And I think they're both getting similar amounts of like, I, I think they're both Otani getting it from a secondary spot. If Otani's playing left field and pitching and doing all this fine. Right. But the it, war would reflect that. That's what war is. It, you know, so like, I, yeah. I think you're right. It does counteract the pitching they, they and negate the each war. other. They're each getting war from two spots. One and they're both getting it a large amount of it from two spots. Judge's defense is gaining him a lot of war, and that's that's a fact. Obviously, the bat is gaining more because the numbers are silly, but and I think Otani's are probably more split because he, he's doing just as good from both sides. So I, he has a eight point one war on the season. Judge, is an, eight, Judge about- has an eight point four war on the season. So I think Otani's are probably and I haven't looked at the numbers, but just based on his stats, they're probably closer to four each from pitching and hitting. Judge is probably closer to six from from hitting and like the extra two ish from fielding. Regardless, you get these from both sides. You have two ch- in, in the, both these spots, you have two chances to gain war. And it's, I, I don't know why people are trying to play the, Oh, like this person's getting nicked for not pitching. This person's getting nicked for not playing the field that they're doing the same thing. They're playing two different positions, essentially in my eyes to gain war. And so I, I think the, the winner should be the one that is, just getting a higher war because that's evidently considering every factor that can ever go into the, it's it's ridiculous to me but factor in the most valuable player aspect of it which sounds cheesy at first glance but that's what the fucking award is named last weekend against the rays the yankees are trying everything in their power to hold on to a lead in the division they scored one run the entire series that didn't come off the bat of aaron judge Right, and, and there was there was and, a sack and, fly and on that hit run, by Cabrera, Cabrera, and it was a sack fly, and Judge, Judge scored from third base. He also extended himself to third. I think it was on a single before that, on a great <laughs> slide and great base running. It's the little things like that. He is this entire team. He is the reason the Yankees are still winning this division. If Aaron, you take Aaron Judge off this team, I don't. I truly believe they don't make the playoffs. If he had another yeah. injury, if he had another injury year where he got hit in the wrist or he pulled an oblique or whatever the case may be, the Yankees would not make the playoffs this year. And that's a fact. Otani is sitting there on the Angels doing all this and they're still not winning, which I'm not saying that you have to be on a winning team to win an MVP. I think that sets a bad precedent, but you see the value in Aaron Judge night in and night out. The things that he's doing for this team are historic. Like he is single-handedly winning them baseball games. 
Right. And I, I think you look at, I just showed you the WRC plus numbers for everybody outside of Aaron Judge on this team. The same thing is going on in LA with Trout and and uh, Otani from of the offensive perspective. I saw the numbers; it's exactly the same thing. It's it's those two at the top, and then it's everybody else. I saw like the batting average for everybody outside of them is like one like a hundred. It's 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 the same exact thing. If you're not paying attention to the Angels, just if you're a Yankee fan listening to this, they're dealing with the same shit we are, except they have less wins. So if you want to talk about value. I guess you give that nod to judge, but also it's the same exact thing going on. Uh, all this to say, I feel like the everything's even right now, so just base it off the war. Whoever finishes with a higher war, like, congrats, you're the MVP, because they're in very similar situations. Both teams might miss the playoffs. I, I don't know. I, I feel like people are trying to overcomplicate it. And I'm not one who usually looks at war, and that's the end-all, be-all, but... When it comes to this specific situation, it's hard to compare because Otani's pitching and hitting and Judge is playing the field and hitting. I feel like this is the only way you could really decide. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm scared. I'll tell you that. Uh, not scared. Like, I don't really care at the end of the day if he wins an MVP or not. It would be cool, but the, I don't know. He should win it. That's the bottom line. He should. Yeah, win. I mean, that, that's my thing is like he deserves to win it. He's having a ridiculous year. Like he, I, and I genuinely should already have one. So exactly, and that imagine getting robbed of two. This one would be less of being robbed than the the Altuve MVP, because I mean he didn't literally cheat unless we can start the rumor that Otani's cheating. That'd be fun. Let's start the rumor. We have we have a couple thousand followers on, on Instagram. We can get enough enough. Maybe if we catch one ear of the voters, then we can. We could be the new John the Boy vote. pointing out a cheating scandal, except for ours is fake. That'd be sweet. And then That's by, by the time, break. yeah, and by the time they figure out that we were lying, Judge already got his MVP. Yeah, and then we we'll can get fucking like bought out by Jared Carabas or something, spreading yeah. rumors like that. <laughs> they got bought out by yes, but do oh, you man. do you genuinely think that? Um, moving on from the MVP conversation, do you genuinely think that this could be like do you, better phrasing? Do you think the majority of people will think this is the the proper? Home run record if Judge beats Maris' record. I think it'll be probably a 50-50 split. I think it's going to be about as even as even gets. It's going to be the exact same debate. It's going to be the very they get into home the run Yeah, should debate. they get into the Hall of Fame? It's going to be... Not even the Hall of Fame, because the Hall of Fame, I feel like most people have come around on, you know what, even yeah. before steroids, Barry Bonds was one of the best players of all time. Took steroids. He helped save the game. The pitchers were also taking steroids. You know what? If MLB turned a blind eye to it, how can you fault them? I think it's going to be like the home run record. You know, people look at that and like, well, did he really blah, 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 blah. It'll come up in conversation, but it's not going to. I don't think it's going to be like this huge debate, like the Hall of Fame thing. I think it'll just be some, something I think in passing. I think it's going to be a very big debate. I think we're probably... It will for a year, but... I think right now it's going to start it. I think from here on out, as he gets closer to the Roger Maris record, it's probably going to be the talk of the town. Considering this team is probably going to be fighting to get a playoff spot, it's going to be the most fun conversation. But even, I feel like, on a national level, because now I think he's going to turn some more eyes. Obviously... The casual fan doesn't really know that Aaron Judge is doing this, other than the fact that like like this is going to make it to Sports Center if for whatever that matters. But like the casual fan starting to to see this, and as he gets closer, and once he actually does it, which I think he'll do, 
I think this conversation is going to be probably talked about for the next month into the off season and probably for a very, very long time. And there, I think it forever, honestly, because there's not going to be a set answer, you know, like it's Maybe, not going to, uh, it's not going to be and hit 20 over the next month and put it all to bed anyway. I mean, didn't that there's that set all time. Most through 135 games, Barry Bonds had 57 to this point. So it isn't, I think that, it's kind of crazy. Judge hit like 20 to close out his rookie campaign. He's isn't not. That, he's, isn't that a little wild too, though? That he's not Bonds going to do finished it. Finished with seven. What do you finish with? Seventy four. I think it was seventy three. Seventy three, and he. I feel like that's a little low that he only had fifty seven to this point. That's only three ahead of Judge. Sosa had seven fifty seven at this point. McGuire fifty four. Bonds crazy. did it with only six hundred sixty four plate appearances. Judge has <laughs> five something right now. Dude, that's absurd. <laughs> The, every time that is one thing like regardless of where you're at on it just seeing the stats and if you don't look at twitter which you guys don't that often i recommend you do it down this stretch because just seeing the random ass barry bond stats it's like yeah barry bonds had 400 more intentional walks in his 2003 season than the entire atlanta braves franchise has in their entire existence like <laughs> The stats that they show every day for Barry Bonds are fucking video game numbers. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's so funny. Like, I don't even care if he breaks it. Seeing these stats day in and day out makes this whole chase worth it. That's all I'm looking forward to on a daily basis. Is I just I, I tune in for the whole game, obviously, but bet your ass I'm paying a lot more attention when Aaron Judge is at the plate, and that's going to be the way it goes for the rest of the season. It's just, I don't know. Do you think they'll win the division? Yeah. Actually. Yeah, I do. I'll put it at like 60%. Fangraphs has it at 87. I think that's I think a little high. I think, high. What, I think what Murph said is probably more accurate. I, I, I think they will. Just that's me being hopeful. I think if you ask a, a third party, they'd probably say no. Um, but Our schedule is not horrible. Going that's forward. the only thing that I was going to say. Yeah, but look the twins, at the Blue Jays have a cakewalk. by the Rays. Red Sox, Brewers could go either way. They're weird. Pirates, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Orioles, Ranchers. That's not the worst. It's but funny. we have a lot against the Blue Jays, Orioles, and Rays, which is yeah, and even even the Red Sox too. Which against the Blue Jays and against the Rays, yeah. If I taking care of business, I don't mean sweet. I mean like just don't get swept, then they'll be fine. Even the Red Sox too. It's funny that this is actually a playoff race at the end here now because we had I had this date like the 24th, I think it is the weekend we played the Red Sox. I had that date circled because a couple of our buddies from school, Murph, they're all coming down and we're going to that game. And I was just like, wow, that's going to be no fun. We're up 17 and a half games. Like, oh, it's probably going to be just like punting, not going to see a lot of starters. Red Sox suck. So like, it, it won't really matter. Um, now, <laughs> now it's a pretty big series. It's going to come down to it. Not for the Red Sox, obviously, but, but for us. And it, it, that actually could be cool too, because that could. What if that's the day that Judge breaks the record? That'd be wild. Be fun to watch. All right, that'll do it for me. Catch you guys later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, 
which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.